Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kathy and Lonnie are uh, out in California uh, attending a service to uh, a family member that uh, unexpectedly died over the last uh, week or so. So expect them back in our area um, uh, early this week. So please continue to pray for them and their family um, and just to uphold them, uh, traveling mercies and uh, everything of the sort. Amen? Amen. Uh, this morning, uh, my sense is a, uh, the Holy Spirit is um, desiring to continue to give gifts. How many of you like to receive gifts? Yeah. Right? I love to receive gifts. Paul said it's more blessed to give than receive, but I think it's pretty cool to receive too, right? <laughs> It's pretty cool to receive gifts, especially when they're unexpected, when they're out of the blue, for no reason at all, just because somebody was thinking of you, right? And uh, I think it's pretty cool also to give. You know, there's a, um, maybe I, in my mind, in my heart, I kind of equate it to um, tithing. You know, when I was a young Christian, um, 10% seemed like an awful lot. I made a couple hundred bucks a week, and to give 10% away, it seemed like, wow, that's a real challenge emotionally and mentally, right? Um, I'm just explaining kind of where I was at the time. And so I thought, well, I don't know, 10% is too much of a challenge for me, um, but I certainly can give something. And uh, I decided that I would give a portion of the 10% and just kind of see how it worked. And God is so faithful, uh, and when he proved to me over and over again that he was such an intricate part of my life, uh, an intricate part of his word, and fulfilling it in our lives personally and in, 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 uh, in that way, I gradually worked up to 10% uh, over a few months, and I was convinced in that short period of time that God's word was absolutely true and that I couldn't outgive him. And the, what I got back from God was far greater. And so ever since that time, I've tried to give more than the 10%, more than the tithe. And it's especially exciting for me today because I just, uh, the raises came out shortly. So I get to increase it and then continue to add the love offering on top of it. And I'm pretty excited about that. Um, because you can't, God has demonstrated to me over and over and over again. He says it's more blessed to give than receive. And that's really been my experience. Although I love to receive gifts and unexpected, you know, fellowship with people and in that way, God has proved over and over and over again through so many different ways that I've received far greater than that which I've been able to give away. So um, we're talking about gifts this morning, and we're talking about um, uh, maybe when I was little. Uh, do you ever watch children play? Like they come to visit your house, and the little children are there. And when my children were small and kids came over, uh, there was a tendency in the room to, uh, no, that's mine. Uh, no, that's mine too. No, 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 you don't understand. Let me, let, me, let me have that back. That's mine too, right? And I think we go through a stage when we're little to be very possessive 
and be very, that's mine. And if you're like me, I can remember when I was maybe four or five years old, my name went on everything. So it was very clear to my brothers and very clear who was coming over to play in the sandbox and the Tonka toys and the trucks and the backhoes and the guy things, which was mine, right? And so my name went on quite a lot of things. And then for Christmas, we got one of those labelers. Uh, you squeeze them, and it imprints the letter into the plastic, and you can stick it on things. And any of you identify with what I'm saying this morning, watching kids share and play? There's a tendency for, that's mine. Uh, I've watched it even in, in, uh, in, in this setting, where kids come, and there's a tendency. But it isn't too long where the parents come, and they start to teach the children to share. Right? They start to teach. I can remember that uh, when my mom was trying to get me to share. Well, mom, I don't want to share. Mom, this is mine. Yeah. Right? And after a little while, as the child matures and grows up and is taught and trained and encouraged by the people that are overseeing, you know, the mom and the dad and, and the relatives, eventually we start to share and we get a feeling inside of ourselves like, wow, that actually kind of felt good. That actually was different than it used to be. And then all of a sudden we make a transition to kind of share at any time. Well, I mention that because my sense is that the Father is still sharing, still uh, imparting gifts to his children. And my sense is, in just praying in my quiet time, that the Holy Spirit is stepping up how he shares and how he gives. It says the Holy Spirit gives gifts to men, right? And so I was spending a lot of time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about spiritual gifts and the diversity that's in Christ Jesus. And so let me um, read what he's saying there. Uh, Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant, right? He wants us to know and understand how this works. You know that you, were, that you Gentiles were carried away, carried away by these dumb idols. In other words, there were things that we were cherishing in our lives at some point in time that we deemed more valuable than the truth of what they are. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so what he's telling us is, <coughs> excuse me, what he's telling us is that we, if we really know Christ, if we really know Jesus, and we call him Lord, then he's Lord of everything. He's not just Lord of the things that we want him to be, keep us safe and healthy and have us prosper and have, uh, you know, have a, a transition happen within our, our beings. He's saying he's the Lord of everything. And you can't separate some things in life from other things in life. He's Lord of all. He says that there are diversities of gifts, but the very same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And he says, to one is given the word of wisdom. 
to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another he gives faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. And to another the working of miracles and prophecy and discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. So when things are given to be achieved, some people might think like they're corporate America, you know, uh, when you get a promotion, when you get given responsibility, when you get given to oversee something or to demonstrate something, there's a tendency to think that you're more valuable than the people who don't have it. There's a tendency to think that, well, you've achieved a certain level of of uh, abilities. And at least in corporate America, this translates to uh, raises and overseeing people and overseeing projects and overseeing areas of the business. And some people, not everybody, I would say it's few, not the majority. Some people use that as a, a ladder for corporate climbing the corporate ladder. And when you talk to them, there's a sense of, I'm better than you. That is so far from where what Jesus is talking now, because the Spirit is truly giving these things, and they're free, but there's nothing that you can do to earn them. There's nothing that you can do to train on them. There's nothing that you can do to learn about them. You can't coerce the Holy Spirit for a word of knowledge so that you have a gift of healing, or you have a gift of faith. Paul tells us that these are gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he gives freely to anybody who asks. These gifts are not badges of honor. They're not signs of, I'm more spiritual than you. They're gifts. Their gifts. They cannot be earned or worked for or bought or taught. They are freely given at the will and discretion of the Holy Spirit. They're given in order that the people who receive them can demonstrate the power and the love and the passion of God to his people to build up and edify the church. The difference, so are all gifts, what's the difference between natural gifts and spiritual gifts? Are all gifts spiritual? Are all spiritual gifts natural? Let's look at it this way. Every person that's born has talent. You can be gifted in music. You can be gifted in numbers. You can inherit certain things from your lineage. They're passed from generation to generation. You can learn things. You can have a passion to play a musical instruments, and over time you can learn that. And sometimes God uses that natural ability, and he accelerates it, giving people a greater ability. So we see that natural gifts are not the spiritual gifts because they can be learned. They can be taught. 
They can be desired, and with, without the Spirit of God, they can be achieved. How many times have you heard somebody play an instrument? Boy, that man is really gifted. He just knows how to make that instrument come alive and speak to the hearts of people or motivate crowds of people. And all of a sudden, you see thousands of people in the audience all kind of just unglued and undone, right? They have the ability, the band or the, the artist or the instruments have the ability to change atmospheres. But natural gifts are different than spiritual gifts. First of all, in order to receive a spiritual gift, you have to know Jesus Christ. Spiritual gifts are not given to unbelievers. The Word tells us that in order to operate in a spiritual gift, you first have to be saved. You first have to know the giver. You have to know the one. Would you go out and give a gift to somebody that you knew was going to use it incorrectly and for a purpose that you had no intention of them using it for? Would you give a young person a car just to go out on the interstate at 12 years old and get up to 90 miles an hour and kill somebody? No, you wouldn't. The Holy Spirit knows who to give the gifts to and how to give them. Because there's a relationship between the individual and the Spirit of God. Do you not know that you are the temple of the living God? And that you have relationship with Christ? And Jesus said, the Spirit will come and give you of what is mine. He says, all things have been given to me, right? This is Jesus saying. And the Spirit will take from what is mine and give to you. So he's talking to those who have relationship through the Spirit, who have been saved by Jesus Christ, the blood. Amen? Are you following me? The difference between spiritual gifts and natural gifts and talents, spiritual gifts are only given to those who are saved. Well, natural talents are received by everyone. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine and declare it to you. So, words of wisdom, a spiritual utterance to things to, at a given moment through the Spirit. It's an utterance of things that you don't know. You didn't understand. Words of knowledge, supernatural revelation, pertaining to a person or an event. For the specific purpose of usually having to do with immediate need. So the Holy Spirit would come and impart a word of knowledge to you. For a specific purpose, usually an immediate need. Faith, a unique form of faith, goes beyond natural faith or saving faith. It's supernatural trust, and it does not doubt with reference to specific, the specific matter involved. Sometimes you see people in the body of Christ operating through supernatural faith. Different than saving faith. Different because it says every single person has been given a measure of faith. Right? Working of miracles is a manifestation of power beyond natural ability in the course of natural law. It is a divine enablement to do something that could only be done by the Spirit. 
cannot be done naturally. Doctors are gifted. Physicians are gifted. They've been trained. They've gone through school. They have a practice. They educate themselves on new practices. But a gift of healing isn't based on that. It isn't based on how well you understand what's going on with a person. How many bones are broken? How many, how many times the heart has been broken? It's not based on your understanding of the event. It's based on your understanding who God is, and you've been given a gift, and God wants to manifest that gift for the benefit of somebody that needs it. Amen? Prophecy. A divine disclosure on the behalf of the Spirit. It's a sudden edifying or a revelation of the Spirit for the moment. Again, this is something that the Holy Spirit is seeing and understands in the heart of God and how God is moving in the situation. And he releases a word of prophecy to an individual to make it known to the people that can understand what God is doing. It usually has to do with an event or a person or a moment or an exhortation or comfort. Discerning of spirits. The ability to discern the spirit, especially the ability to discern what's really going on in the heart of an individual. You remember Ananias and Sapphira. They wanted to be part of what God was doing in the earth, but they wanted to purchase it. They wanted to pay for it so that they could receive it. There was also an individual that wanted the Holy Spirit, and he offered Paul a sum of money. And he said, you perish with your money, because what we're working through and what we're demonstrating can't be purchased. And he said, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. Pray that I'm forgiven. So the discerning of spirits is the ability to really see what the motives are of individuals when they claim to be working by the Spirit, but they're really operating by a different spirit. Different kinds of tongues, speaking in languages that are not known to the individual. right? And then the interpretation of tongues. Somebody hearing somebody speaking in tongues and interpreting it so the greater body understands the message that is being released. Because if somebody doesn't interpret, the body is left with not understanding the move of God that is happening in their midst. And so the gift of interpreting of tongues is the ability to translate in a transactional way what is being released in the Spirit through a tongue that is unknown to the people to put it and describe it in a way that they can understand. Amen? As I move along here, for the body is one, for the body is one and has many members, but all members of the body, being many, are one body in Christ. So it's not about me versus you. It's not about what I can do and you can't. It's not about badges of honor or or abilities that others don't have and thinking somehow we're special as an individual. There's one body. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free. So it's not about social status. It's not about how many years you've been a Christian. It's not about how educated you are. 
It's not about who your parents are. It's not about who your relatives are. Because, you might say, because I'm not an eye, I am not part of the body. Is it therefore not a part of the body? If the, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleases. So it's not even a matter of us as individual Christians to say where we're going, where, we're, where we are in the body of Christ. Well, that church across town has such better worship. Or Praise Chapel has this. Or It's not about assessing whether or not where you're supposed to be because God has placed every single individual in the body of Christ as he has determined. And you find out that if you're not in the right place, you're not growing. And you're a seat warmer. Because God hasn't ordained 45 places in the earth for you to go get spiritually trained up. He has put you in the body as it has pleased him. As he wants to assemble a local body, assemble a local group of believers to do a work, to do a function, to release something of himself. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as it pleases him. And if they are all one member... And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Keep going here. The word tells us that there are different spiritual gifts. When the Spirit gives... It isn't based on your ability or what you've done. It's freely given. It says that some parts of the body are treated different than other parts of the body. Some parts of the body are presentable and some are not. What does that mean to you? Some are presentable and some are not. It's possible to take that scripture and think of yourself, oh, now God tells me. I'm not presentable. There's something wrong with me. There's something about me that I need to remain hidden. I need to remain covered. I'm somehow less than other parts of the body. I'm somehow made a part of the body, but I feel like I've been shortchanged because the Word tells us there are some things in the body that aren't presentable. Maybe you're thinking about the natural organs of women and men in our society that we're in. Those things are covered up. And that's who you are? That's a twisted way of looking at the scripture. Let me explain it in a little bit of a different way. The body is made up of many parts, and they talk about eyes and ears. They talk about hands and feet. They talk about hearing. They talk about seeing and smelling. All of those are true. But the body of Christ is so much more than what you can see in the natural. I can see Kyle's arms. I can see his face and his head. I can see that. It's obvious. 
What I can't really see is more valuable. He has vital organs. He has a heart. He has lungs. He has a kidney. He has spleen. Each one of those vital organs is absolutely critical or Kyle doesn't continue to live. It would be interesting for somebody to say, I understand I'm a vital organ. I understand that uh, my role in the body of Christ is unique. I understand that there aren't many that function in the way that I'm called to function. I've accepted that. I've worked through all of the uh, scenarios in my mind about how come I can't be like everyone else when you're a child. Oh, I want to be this, I want to be that. And then through maturity, the child comes to understand, wait a minute, you are unique, and God made you that way. And he intends to take that uniqueness of who you are and elevate it and use it for a unique purpose in his kingdom. And it would be interesting for that unique function, that, that lung, for instance, that is covered by flesh and you can't see, and it needs to remain covered, it would be interesting for the lung to say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I want to be on the front and center. I want to be visible. I want to be out and about. I want it so when I function, I get the credit for it. I get the recognition for it. I'm going to move myself from inside the body to outside the body. And I'm going to hang out on the arm. Can you imagine? How in the world would the lung function by hanging out on an arm? How, how is that going to be possible? First of all, the lungs are responsible for taking in air and distributing the air to the body. How does it do that? It takes the air and the oxygen that is coming into the lungs and it infuses the bloodstream. And the bloodstream, a human being cannot function without oxygen in the blood. Matter of fact, they have these little sensors that clip onto your fingers that tell you what the percentage of oxygen is in your bloodstream. And if it's not really high, like in the 90s, mid-90s to upper 90s, you're in trouble. And as a matter of fact, I have laid in bed at certain times and had this thing on my finger, and I was trying, well, can I affect the amount of oxygen in my blood? And so I watch the thing, it's 92, 92, 93, 92, 91, 91, 92, but that's kind of where it hangs out. And then I take about five really deep breaths, and within a minute, the oxygen goes up to 95, 96, 97, 96, 97, 96, 97. That's the function of the lungs, to bring oxygen into the body, to distribute it into the blood. Not only that. It separates contaminations, uh, contaminants. The body can't use carbon dioxide. 
but the body is designed in a way through the lungs and the blood and the, the major organs to automatically separate oxygen and carbon dioxide. So when you breathe in, the oxygen goes into the, into the lungs, distributed into the bloodstream, makes the blood carry oxygen for the red blood cells, right? And when you exhale, you're exhaling carbon dioxide because the body can't use carbon dioxide. Other things can, like plants and trees and greenery, but the human body can't. And it's toxic to the body. What about the liver or the kidneys? They're such critical parts of the body. The body cannot live without them. Recently, it was thought that the liver can't regenerate. And now they're saying it can. It's, the doctors are telling us that even the kidneys, you can't live without a kidney, and without both kidneys. You can live without one, but you can't live without anyone. And the medical community tells us <clears throat> if you don't have a kidney, you're probably days from death. What's the function of the kidneys and the liver? It's to take the toxins that are in the body and to separate them and to handle them appropriately so it doesn't damage the body. <clears throat> and so the liver is constantly filtering the bloodstream that come from the stomach and the intestines and filtering out. We put things in our body that are damaging to the body. But the vital organs within the body know how to handle the toxic substance and they know how to deal with it. It's like a filter. The kidneys, same thing, but in a different, in a different part of the body. The kidneys take the toxins out of the blood and out of what's there, and they, uh, uh, they uh, expel it through the body, through the urine. And so if you don't have these vital organs... Your body is in trouble. And the liver and the pancreas and the heart, the vital organs can't decide to themselves, I'm going to go live on the arm or the leg so I can see what's going on and understand. Because I, I, I was not created in the right form. And they question God and they put certain things in the path of their lives to be something that they were not created to be. There's operations today. Guys can become girls and girls can become guys. To fulfill your destiny in Christ, you've got to be a part of the body of Christ in the way God designed you and set you in that body to function. Anything else will hinder your growth. It'll hinder your spirituality. It'll hinder the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you're walking in sin, and you know you're walking in sin because Jesus is Lord in some areas of your life, but not in those other areas, and you're allowing sin to remain in your life when the Holy Spirit has come time and time again and said, listen, I want to correct some things in your life. 
then you're shortchanging yourself because you could be such a greater vessel of the, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just like the tithing was. If you're not able to tithe at 10%, you're shortchanging yourself. You're only hurting yourself. God doesn't need your money. God needs your heart. And if your money is all wrapped up inside of your heart, there are problems in the natural that need to be corrected so the spiritual things that God wants to do in your life can be furthered. And so this isn't a message about tithing. It's a message about being the body of Christ, of who God designed you to be, such that the body of Christ can grow and function and demonstrate itself through the power of God, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, through signs and wonders and miracles and speaking in tongues and words of wisdom and words of knowledge and everything the Holy Spirit so much wants to impart. He is so passionate about wanting his, the body of Christ to move in supernatural giftings. He is so passionate about wanting to display the things of God that cannot be displayed on the earth in any other natural form. So as I begin to close, um, if somebody could go uh, over to the food bank people, draw them back, uh, I'd appreciate it. So, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I am not part of the body, it is, therefore not, is it therefore not part of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, am I not part of the body? Is therefore not the, it, it is therefore not a part of the body just because it wants or desires to be somewhere else. It's one body. So as I close this morning, the Holy Spirit, I have a sense that the Holy Spirit is going to begin to answer some of the cries that are in the people who know Christ. And He's going to begin to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit as we did a couple of weeks ago when Kathy said, speaking in tongues, you can speak in tongues. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And there has a purpose in it. It's the same thing with places of faith and discerning of spirits. These things belong to the people of God through the giving of the Holy Spirit. And my sense is that these things are going to increase in the days that we're in because the people of God are passionate. They want to see the kingdom of God demonstrated in the earth. They want to see things that are happening where only God could do and get the credit for. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, they need to be over here, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they were told two weeks ago that this is more important. All right, so uh, those that are online, God bless you. Uh, the Spirit of God bless your day. Uh, encourage you, uh, be looking for the gifts, be looking for the things that belong to the Christians. Amen.